Howdy, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Years of Growth podcast. I'm your host, Nathaniel Jackson, and with me today, I have a special guest, Mr. Tyler Hanley. Um, He is a bareback rider and owner of Short Round Outfitters. Um, Very cool clothing brand. Definitely, y'all should go check it out. Yeah, so um, introduce yourself for everybody. Uh, Like I said, I'm Tyler Hanley. Uh, I'm a senior here at A&M, animal science, major... um, I've taken all the classes to get my AGAC minor, but uh, I don't think the people in AGAC know that I'm <laughs> going to be an AGAC minor. Yeah. So I got to get on that before May. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I've run bucking horses for, I guess, seven or eight years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've been rodeo my whole life. Heck yeah. Well, one of the things I wanted to jump into right off the bat was your clothing line, apparel line, Short Round Outfitters. Um, have checked out y'all's page and everything and all y'all's merch and it's top notch like if y'all have if y'all are wanting to find some stuff definitely go check it out i need to get on it and get some stuff too but yeah just tell tell us a little bit of how you got started in doing that whole apparel line so what why i really started it was so like last year i had i had hip surgery and it was going to be out for about a year i didn't want to get a job and so i wanted to start my own business and so i started that and um, it's kind of something my dad and I had brainstormed several years, several years ago. I don't, like, I don't even think he remembers uh-huh. the conversation that we had. But um, it was something the name stuck with me. And so I want to start that as a way to, like, introduce people who aren't familiar with rodeo uh-huh. to the sport rodeo with, like, the concept of the short round. Right. And... Um, kind of as a way to to let these people know they relate more to the world of rodeo than they think. Right, exactly. They're probably in the atmosphere, the same kind of atmosphere that that the short round is in everyday life where they they have the same kind of characteristics or go through the same kind of things that someone in the short round would feel or Mm -hmm. would go through. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely agree with you on that, on how a lot of people are more connected to rodeo than they think, especially the whole idea of the short round and everything like that. Because, I mean, for the people who aren't familiar with it, the short round is pretty much just kind of like the championship round. It's do or die time kind of thing. And, I mean, any other sports is kind of the same amount of excitement, if not more excited. And um, a lot of people are really drawn to that. And that's one thing rodeo does have over a lot of other sports is that kind of excitement factor. And in recent years... I think that's what rodeo has been doing a pretty good job of is kind of encapsulizing and capitalizing on that idea of, you know, there being excitement in it in a sport that many people may not even realize is out there. And I think what you're doing uh, with that clothing line and reaching out to those other audiences and those outside audiences, I commend you on that because that's honestly what we need right now in the sport of rodeo. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to start this podcast too was because, I mean, a lot of my guests, I mean, a lot of them are going to be in the rodeo world and everything like that, but there's going to be a good majority that aren't. And, I mean, there's some other people that I have I'm looking to get on the podcast who aren't even involved in rodeo or anything like that or from out of the country. But one thing that, I mean, it all draws us back together is just, I mean, that excitement, that feel of adrenaline, and that's something you can't get anywhere else really other than rodeo. So, um yeah, trying to dive into that rodeo aspect some. What kind of got you started in rodeoing? Uh, honestly, it was just uh, something I grew up around. My my dad rodeoed when he was young. Um, I don't think my mom rodeoed much. 
but her her side of the family did a lot. Uh, I have an uncle actually who's in the national, uh, who's in the Rodeo Cowboy Hall of Fame. Dang. Uh, riding bareback horses. And uh, my grandma's brothers, I don't know what they would be to me, but um, they all rodeoed, rode, uh, rode bulls, rode bareback horses, all that kind of stuff. Went to the NFR several times. Um, and then I had an aunt that, that ran barrels. She made it to the NFR a few times, and I think a cousin as well another barrel racer but it's something i've always been around grew up around right so it's kind of in your dna pretty much growing so, up yeah. in that whole rodeo world um what is something that i mean over time since you were a kid rodeo and being around all those mentors and family members that did rodeo make it to the nfr what's one thing that you've seen change in the industry since then well, i think people it's just people have become more educated about it you know like you used, to, you used to, you know, you would talk about radio and you'd have all these people saying all that, how it's abuse and mm-hmm. whatnot, stuff like that. Yeah. And I think the, the the rodeo world has done a great job of going out and educating the people. And they have a lot more events, like we're televised now and all that kind of stuff, but they do a lot more there at the rodeo for the for the spectators to come and say, oh, you can come pet this bull. Or, you right. Know, you can take pictures on this bull. And, mm-hmm. All this kind of stuff, and I think that's really helpful, not just for the rodeo world, but it helps the spectators know, like, oh, like these are pets, like this right, is what yeah. They do. And I think that's one of the coolest things about rodeo is that you don't get a lot of other professional sports, especially like football or baseball. You're not able to really go behind the scenes and really do that sort of thing and be so intimate with the sport like you are in rodeo. If you go to a pro rodeo, it might be a small hometown rodeo or even a big one. They have booths set up where guys, after they get done riding, and go sign autographs for about three hours after. And I think just that professionalism that rodeo has in doing that, um, it's growing the sport more and more every year. We're getting new audiences. And I think that's probably the craziest thing I've seen is just the amount of new people that have come to the sport. People just wanting to either compete or just get involved in any way they can. Um, to you, what is kind of... What do you want to be a part of and like kind of that change that we're starting to see in that new audience? Well, so what I'm, what I'm ultimately hoping to do, I want to be a rodeo coach. And um, in the perfect world, I'll be the head coach here in a couple of years. There you go. And um, what I want to do, I want to, you know, I want to treat this team just like any other sports team. Mm-hmm. You know, and become not just a championship caliber team, but a more serious team like where you have kids now it's not bashing on the rodeo team at all but you know a lot of our a lot of our people you know they're not here because they has a great rodeo mm-hmm. team they're here because it's a great school right and i think you can kind of flip that around and say look like come you can come rodeo for us mm-hmm. because we're such a great school right and use it as a as a recruiting tool and be able to you know bring in some some of the top competitors, not just in the state, but in, in the nation. Mm-hmm. And from there, we can grow the rodeo organization here on campus and get get more recognition for that. And I think that would help 
especially in student life, you get these young young guys out here that want to come watch the rodeo and be mm-hmm. involved. And I think that's where it really starts. Uh, right. Be really good for us. Because I mean, I think that's how it starts for everybody. It's just kind of you know you see it one time and it just kind of clicks. And I mean, I know for me, I didn't grow up competing or anything. But my first rodeo I went to, I saw somebody ride a saddle bronc course for eight seconds, and it just kind of clicked. And it was like that was something I didn't get in every other sport. And um, that's something that, I mean, I think the rodeo industry is starting to get into and start to fine-tune that kind of first impression. And I think they've gotten a lot better at that. And especially, like you were saying, educating the audience on what's going on. Um, And you want to be a rodeo coach, that's a huge thing because, I mean, one, there's not a lot out there. And two, I mean, being a coach is being an advocate for the sport. Mm -hmm. And I think you're doing a great job with that, you know, wanting to do that while rodeoing and having your own clothing brand. And I mean, that's tough. I mean, like doing it's all those lot, things. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's a lot. How have you been able to balance that? I don't know if I really balance it sometimes. It just kind of, I have, I wouldn't say I have a pretty strict schedule because I really don't. <laughs> but I just, at the end of every day, I kind of make a list of what I got to do the next day. And some days I, I get to everything on the list, some days I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something you just kind of, oh, you know, I didn't get to this, and it just ruins your next day. Right. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, and I mean, not everybody can run a clothing brand, rodeo, and go to school. I mean, you're about to graduate from the number one public university <laughs> in Texas. Um, but uh, going back to what I was saying about how um, people have that aha moment in rodeo. When did it really like click for you that not just you wanted a rodeo, but you wanted to ride bareback horses? Because that's a pretty tough event. Uh, well, I didn't. I didn't start riding bareback horses until um, my freshman year of high school. Cause that was like the only time I could. Like now, you have like the junior high rodeos mm-hmm. where they can get on steers and whatnot. And that was before I, I came in. Before they had all that, but um. Like I was saying earlier, I have an uncle who's in the Rodeo Hall of Fame, and um, Chris Ledoux wrote a song about him. I think they traveled together. His name was Bareback Jack. Uh-huh. And uh, when, like the first couple of times I heard that song, I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And so that was kind of the reason I was like, oh, dude, I want to ride Bareback horses. Like, oh, that just seems so cool. And, and uh, I mean, it turned out it's a lot harder than what I thought it would be. Uh, because before that, I was riding, mostly I was just riding bulls. Uh-huh. And uh, I was a pretty dang good bull rider, if like, I, I say so. Like, <laughs> Heck yeah. The last bull I would ever rode, I was like 86 points on it. And Jeez. a couple weeks later, I was like, eh, no, I'm done. Yeah. And, um, but I think probably, I mean, I remember just a little kid just wanting to, I would just get on my horse bareback and just act like I was spurring it. So, <laughs> I mean, I was definitely younger than 10 years old. Yeah. Sheesh. I didn't know you used to ride bulls. Mm-hmm. I, when did you did you start riding bulls before you started riding bareback horses? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was riding calves when I was like 7 years old, 8 years Man. old. Man. So growing up, were you like, I want to be a rodeo professional bull rider? Or I, you... Yeah, I wanted to be a world champion bull rider. Heck yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's how every kid's dream yeah. starts, right? You see mm-hmm. 8 seconds or JV on TV, and you just want to be exactly like that guy. And like you said, your uncle or um, your relative, Bareback Jack, who had that song wrote about him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of where it clicked for you. And I think media, rodeo is starting to get a lot of attention from the media mm-hmm. in a lot of good ways where it used to be a lot of negative, like you were saying, how people would say, a oh, rodeo is abuse, this, this, and that. 
but now there's been kind of like this shift in how people view it and i think it's a really beautiful thing and Mm -hmm. it's something that a lot of especially like apparel clothing lines are starting to kind of bring into their mission statement and i think so tell me a little bit how you kind of want to grow this brand that short round outfitters and where where do you see it going in about the next 10 years so i i don't don't know about 10 years uh that's 10 that i technically have the trademark for 10 years so i have to have a 10-year plan i guess okay but um it's actually i've been planning quite a bit um so i kind of jumped into it got to just jump right in the deep end i didn't do a lot of research uh, or anything like that and i really should have um my girlfriend's been a huge help for me she's she's like super business-minded person and um She's been like a really great resource for me to have, not just in like the business aspect, but she's like helped me uh, design a couple of things. Like one of the hoodies I have that'll drop this September is uh, she designed it actually. But um, I say, so I have a lot of inventory right now and um, we're selling pretty well. And then like I have uh, two hats and two hoodies that are gonna drop this September. And um, I'm gonna work on getting some of this inventory I have right now out. And then what I want to do is um, kind of do more of uh, just printing stuff like kind of on demand, and that'll give like the consumer more options on maybe they like this design, but they want it on a red shirt. Uh-huh. And whereas before I'd only have this design on a blue shirt. Uh-huh. Well now it's in their hands what color shirt they want this design on, and um, you know do they want to. Put their initials on the sleeve of a hoodie that kind of stuff so that's something i'm looking to move forward to uh maybe in the spring mm-hmm. possibly in the next fall but just depending on how fast stuff sells and how how things end up shaping out for me um another thing i've actually been wanting to do um probably when i get out of college was start a podcast for um my business and just kind of interview some of the professional guys I've made connections with over mm-hmm. the years. I'm just kind of talking about like um, what's the show round mean to them. Right. You know okay. what 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 are some stories they have from the show round? Just oh yeah. Talking stuff like that just as a way to grow and even getting getting people not not even affiliated with radio. Like two of my best friends are college athletes and they don't have anything to do with radio. One of them plays football. And the other one uh, throws discus, mm-hmm. but like having guys like that on the podcast that are still competitors, yeah, but not in the world of rodeo, and kind of talking, talking to them, showing them how they relate, but also letting people hear it mm-hmm. who aren't associated with rodeo, and they're like, oh, like these guys don't rodeo, but this is how they relate. So I, I kind of relate in this way, right? And vice versa, the people who are in rodeo and they listen to, you know, somebody who's throwing discus or playing mm-hmm. football, that kind of it kind of connects that middle ground, that kind of gray area. It kind of connects that, and that's where you kind of get that rodeo to non-rodeo kind of mesh. And I think that's where our industry is going. And I mean, once we do that, it just only grows from there. Exactly. Um, uh, one thing I did see on your website was you had kind of like a sponsorship team going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me a little bit about some of those guys. Uh, it's pretty small right now. I was kind of just wanted to, I, I needed some guys just to kind of help me get get stuff out and um, honestly I think right now it's like three or four guys maybe uh, 
three of them are bareback riders, so there's a little bias there. Uh, I didn't plan on it happening like that. It just happened like that. Um, but uh, one of them, Rodi Niles, he's a he's a bareback rider. He just this will be his first year uh, college rodeo on, I believe at Hill College, and uh, he's a dude. He's a young dude. He's been tearing it up all summer, and I'm pretty excited to see how he does this year in college rodeo. And um, another kid I sponsored, his name's Cash Martin. Uh, I believe he's a he's gonna be a junior. He's, this is a junior year in high school, and uh, he's like uh, he's only been high school rodeo for two full years and he's a two-time reserve state champion Jeez. for Bear Rock He's a bad yeah. cat. Dude. He's, oh yeah. He's got it. So uh, he's a dude I'm really excited to have a part of the team. And another kid uh, named Bryce Jensen. Uh, he rides bareback horses. He's a uh, rides bulls. I think he's about to get into saddle bronc riding. He's an all-around cowboy. And I mean, he rides bareback horses. Another one rides really, really well. Heck yeah. So, he was a good one to have, just as someone who's more of an all-around cowboy who could like represent at both ends of the arena. For sure. And then I think the fourth guy I have, his name's Colt Carlisle. He's a bullfighter, and uh, he's a real good friend of mine. I've known him since uh, high school rodeos, and uh, he just helped me out a, a ton, and uh, just wanted to do anything he can to kind of help grow the brand. And uh, I, I was talking with him earlier today. He's actually, him and another guy shooting some kind of promotional video because uh, he's doing like videography stuff and he's wanting to wear my, my mm -hmm. clothes and asking what he can wear, how he can, he can represent that way. Heck yeah. That's really good. And I mean, I mean, there might be some bias, you know, you yeah. being a bareback rider, but that's, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of working out in your favor though, mm -hmm. because I mean, the sport of bareback riding, I mean, it's, it's a growing sport, but at the same time, there's not a lot of young guys really getting into it. I mean, it's such a rough event. I mean, a guy is easily going to choose to go sling some nylon rather than get on a thousand pound bucking horse. But um, I think you doing that is going to help, you know, expand and grow. And I mean, from you being a bareback rider right now, where do you hope to see it go? Uh, sport of bareback riding, uh, there's, it's growing so fast right now and we're starting to see more and more like standalone bareback riding events like whereas before you'd have like the extreme bulls or stuff mm -hmm. like that where it's just the bull riding uh whereas now i think we've had three or four rigging rallies yeah. put on uh, which is a fairly new deal but um those are pretty cool and it's just bareback riding and it's coming getting to where um what you win there can count towards your PRCA earnings. So I think that's really good. And the people behind that are doing just a great job of growing the sport of rodeo. And they've got some great connections within the PRCA. Well, heck yeah. I mean, the Steiners, like, yeah. they're, they're on Yellowstone. You know, that's yeah. a national television show. And the only rodeo event that's been on that show is bareback riding, uh -huh. you know. And I think small stuff like that really makes a big difference. And, um, yeah, like you said, the rigging rallies happening all bareback riding event and to me i feel like bareback riding is starting to become up there with bull riding and that's really a big deal people are starting to get to the rodeos early just to watch the bareback riding which used to not happen you used to you just try to get there before the tie down rope and just wait till the bulls but i mean it's kind of like like i said kind of like a culture shift in the whole industry um but yeah um looking at going back to your brand short round outfitters 
um, what kind of inspiration do you kind of take from these other companies going right now? I mean, obviously, Dale Grizzly's Rodeo Time, probably one of the biggest ones out there, but I mean, you still have other ones. I mean, American Hat Company, Resist All, all those. What kind of, what are some companies that you kind of draw from? Uh, honestly, um, there's a company based out of West Texas. They're called Salt Rodeo Company. And uh, they, originally they were sponsoring me through high school and through my first few years of college. And um, when I first wanted to start my company, I, was, I talked to the guy that owns that one. And I was like, you know, what What are kind of the first steps I should take? What, um, you know, what, what do I need to look out for as far as like, someone's trying to come in and you know, maybe take advantage mm -hmm. of me? Or, um, you know, what's the best vendor? How do I know if I'm getting ripped off on stuff? And so he kind of helped me out of buying. But um, I try to not like draw too much from other people because I don't want to be the guy that's coming out with shirts and people say, oh, he's mm -hmm. copying this person. Right, you want to be your own. I want to be my own. Like I still have, I, I, I keep an eye on what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, pricing's a big deal for me because like, I'm a college kid, I wouldn't pay like- $40 for a t-shirt. $40 for a t-shirt, I can't yeah. afford that. Mm -hmm. So I think having affordable clothing that's still high quality yeah. is very, very important. But um, like when I first started, I, got, I made my website, uh, made an Instagram and whatnot, and I think it was like maybe within a week, I was getting texts from some guy, and uh, basically he was telling me um, I had to change up my whole deal. It was copying him, mm -hmm. and I was like. Like when I got the text, I remember I just dropped my girlfriend off at the airport. So I was driving and I get this like long text from some random number telling me, you know, like, you, this is such and such with, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say the yeah. business name, whatever. But, um, he was like, basically you gotta, you can't, you can't operate under the name you're operating on right now. Uh -huh. And, um, I kind of, I probably, I kind of just blew it off. I was like, yeah, okay, man, like, sounds good, whatever. And, um. He texted me again and was like, hey bud, like, uh, if you need help changing your name, like, I'll help you change your name. Mm -hmm. And um, I just kind of, I left him on red. Right. <laughs> and um, I, I started talking to another guy I was working for and he set me up with, a, with an attorney. Uh -huh. And I got, I called him and he told me basically like, there's nothing that they could really do. And, um, this other guy he sent me a third text and was like this you needed to do this or we're gonna take legal action and I remember I texted him back I said go ahead and Man. that was it <laughs> and then like sure enough he somehow he found uh, my address and it wasn't even my address here in College uh -huh. Station he sent it back home Wow. and I was like wow okay he sent me this long letter and I remember reading it and I was kind of freaking out because it looks like pretty official. Uh -huh. And uh, I like scanned it, sent it to this lawyer I'd be talking to, and he was like, don't even say anything back to him. And yeah. I was like, are you sure? Because on the letter it said like, we look forward to your response by like December 16th. Uh -huh. And uh, he said, yeah, don't, don't even send him back or anything. And I never heard from him again. So wow. it must not have been that big of a deal. Yeah, but well, 
We're going to take a little break from all the serious deep talk. We're going to go into some random questions just off the top of your head. Um, <laughs> professional or non-professional, what's your favorite rodeo? My favorite rodeo, uh, does it have to be in Texas? No. Okay. It can be uh, anywhere. I would say, oh, that's a tough one. Probably the most recent ones I've been to was the uh, uh, Cody Knight rodeos up in Cody, Wyoming. Those are really cool just because of like the, just the atmosphere up there. Like you've got people, like first of all, nobody lives in Cody, Wyoming. Exactly. So, <laughs> but they have a huge arena and like you'll look up, they have rodeos every day of the week. So like I was up there for a couple weeks You'd be riding, like, I'm pulling my rigging down on a horse on a Tuesday, mm-hmm. and the stands are <laughs> Sheesh. And it was the coolest thing. It was, like, just just the atmosphere and, like, the they kind of they kind of score you really high mm-hmm. up in Cody, Wyoming. I think I was, like, 86 on a horse that I, I would never <laughs> even touch the 80s at some rodeos here in Texas. Uh-huh. But it's just... It's cool, like, you know, the fans, you have, like, you have people not even from America. Mm-hmm. People come here just because Yellowstone is up there, and right. it's a tourist thing. And uh, they don't have a clue about it. But, you know, you hear the announcer say, like, 86, and he sounds excited. So yeah. everybody gets excited, and everybody's clapping. It's a cool deal. Heck, yeah. i say that's probably some of my favorite videos I've been to. Um, arm day or leg day in the gym? I I would say I would say arm day. I ain't gonna lie, arm day. Uh, because the thing with legs, um, so when I was like doing rehab for my hip surgery, I was doing like it was pretty much leg day, like three days a week, every Jeez. week for like six months. I could never do that. Yeah, no, it's uh, but the thing with legs, like I like working out legs with like have a leg day on Monday and then I'm almost too sore to practice until like Thursday and so I'm like this oh my goodness alright favorite fast food restaurant Uh, I'm not going to say Whataburger I don't (laughs) burn down on Whataburger burn down on Chick-fil-A I would say you know going down the road just because it's so convenient I'm going to say Taco Bell really what's your Taco Bell order uh, well, you gotta do the mobile order because okay. you can't pull up and order a quesarito anymore. Really? Quesarito is only on the app. What? So I'll give me a quesarito, probably give me a medium Baja Blast. Um, and if they got some kind of like little $5 box, whatever, I don't really care what's in there. It's $5. I vibe with it. So <laughs> give me one of those. Heck too. yeah. <laughs> You're not the first person to say Baja Blast. You got to try the mango brisk tea. I don't know if the they have them tea? every year. No, yes. I love that stuff. It, my brother gets it all the time. It, legit, it tastes like candy. It man. does. It's so good. It's like, I don't know what's in this. I don't know if I should be putting it in my body, but oh, I'm going to keep so drinking sweet. it. Jeez. Well, kind of want to go back into kind of like the rodeo aspect and kind of your background. Um, where did you start learning how to get on bareback horses? Because, I mean, you said you were on bulls first. Well, actually, we can track further back. Where did you learn to start getting on bulls? Uh, just getting on roping calves at my house. Like, uh, so we never had bucking shoots at my house for a mm-hmm. long time. But we had roping arena because, um, like, my dad and my grandparents, they team up, whatever. So, like, I'm pretty sure, like, there's pictures of me coming out of 
roping shoots on the back of calves and I have like a baseball helmet on. <laughs> just, just doing it. Heck yeah. And um, then we would like, uh, I remember like this Thanksgiving, I think one year, some holiday, all my relatives were in town. And um, they had roped a calf. Not even, it wasn't like we're on horseback roping calves. They just caught a calf in uh-huh. the pen. And like, oh, get on it, get on it. So I would just, we just would do that for a few hours. And Jeez. then um, finally I was like, yeah, this seems pretty cool. I want to do it. So like, we got the stuff, whatever. And uh, one of the first calf I ever got on was um, at some practice pen in uh, Midland, Texas. And uh, it like came out some like little Jersey Holstein calf, whatever, stumbled, did a front flip, like flipped over on me. And uh, I was like, well, I'm still alive. Right, so that's kind of where it all started. Heck yeah, it's just kind of like an addicting cycle, just yeah. to want to keep getting on and on and on. It was fun. Heck yeah. Well, um, where did you start getting on bareback courses? Because I mean, you said you started later in high school, so where did you start getting on those? Uh, I would usually I would go out and practice at a Odessa College, a third uh, practice <laughs> The first bareback course I ever got on was at a rodeo. And uh, I mean, I don't, I, I really have not gotten on as many practice courses as probably someone who's been riding for eight years should, mm-hmm. or usually has had by this amount, just because there's nobody in West Texas that was bucking horses besides right. uh, Odessa College. And even then, sometimes it was pretty hard to line schedules up to be able to go out there and do it. So um, usually I, ha- I have a, Odessa College had a machine, they had a link weaver, which is like, a, basically it's a mechanical bull, but it's a horse instead. Yeah. And um, they had that, and uh, I had some dummies at my house that I would practice on. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I would do. And then, uh, you know, there's stuff you can do in a weight room that would that right. help you Right, kind of transition. Mm-hmm. How was that first experience getting on a bucking horse, especially at a rodeo? I mean, you hadn't been on any practice horses well, or like anything like that. High school rodeo, and I, was, I think I was the only bareback rider, so I, I didn't really like. There was more pressure to to stay alive stay than there was to actually like win. Yeah. And um, I mean, I rode the horse, got off on the pickup, man. But that was my first time doing that. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I didn't do, I missed my mark out. <laughs> that was it? Yeah. So Did they DQ the only bareback rider there? Yeah. Oh, they don't care. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Man, they should have just gave you the buckle just for showing Dude, up. They had the, our high school rodeo in uh, over in West Texas. They, they've had the same judge there for since I was rodeoing in high school. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. This guy just doesn't like rough stock or something. I don't know. He... he You'd be hard pressed to score over seventy. Really? Even like I, I've made some pretty dang good rides through the years in high school, and I, I scored sixty-eight and sixty-nine quite a bit. Oh my and goodness! I don't know what the deal was, and like he he still a judge now. My brother's in high school really, and he's just the same way. He'll I think my brother's maybe scored over seventy like three times, mm-hmm. and he rides a lot better than what I did in high school. And even then, he's like. Like my brother was telling me a story this one time. The judge, he just happened to be standing next to him. And uh, I think it was some bull rider road, whatever. And uh, he asked the other judge, what did you score him? And I think the judge said like 39 or something. And uh, the one judge was like, I'll do the same thing. 
So it's kind of just like, you know. Yeah, it's just kind of rinky dink, kind of, yeah. He's ready to get out there. So some kid misses the mark out here. No Jeez. Well, this is something I'm going to start doing in my podcast episodes. How would you describe bareback riding without pretty much describing bareback riding? Like, using other terms, analogies, how would you describe it? To some, especially somebody who doesn't know anything about it, what would you describe it as? So, right at the beginning, I say it feels like probably like someone's hitting you in the back with a baseball bat. And uh, usually after that, you kind of get in control and get over it. Uh-huh. Sometimes there's horses where it still feels like that, even after a whistle blows. Um, it's just wild. It's just controlled chaos. Jeez. From the outside looking in, it looks like these guys are just ragdolled. Heck yeah. But um, Kind of like whiplash, yeah, that little dog. You know, like you'll, you'll see these guys who, are, you know, they're on this horse, but they're looking straight up in the mm-hmm. air. You know, I've seen pictures where it looks like guys are looking back at the bucking street just because how much their heads get looked back. Right. And uh, even me, I've been on a horse before. I I never saw the horse once during the whole ride. All I remember is the arena lights and the moon. And, I mean, that's a great ride. Because <laughs> I knew what was happening uh-huh. every single time, even though I couldn't see it. Right. But um, uh, if I could compare it to football, I would say... It's like a, it's like a receiver is about to run a slant route, and oh, he, he knows right he's into, about to yeah. get blown up. Yeah. But he does it anyway, and he does it about like ten times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, looking at it, that's pretty much what but it looks is, like. He gets up every time and just you know it just it just happens. Yeah. It's not he's not hurt or anything. Mm-hmm. It just is rough. Yeah. And it looks rough. Yeah. It looks violent. That's one thing about bareback riding. It looks as hard as it, I mean, it is as hard as it looks. I mean, it's a fight. Whenever I'm back there, like, I try not to get too serious because mm-hmm. I found the more serious I get, the worse I ride. Mm-hmm. So I like joke around, whatever, but I tell guys, y'all, I'm feeling lethal today. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of how you got to be. You, know, you got to be loose. You know, I ain't dying today. So. Oh, yeah. What are some of your kind of like pre-ride preparations? Like you just said, behind the bucket shoots, you try to stay a little loose. But I mean, driving to a rodeo, it's almost like. That's a rodeo. I would. I, I listen to the same. When I get about 15 minutes out from the arena, I listen to the same songs every time. Mm-hmm. Um, I do the same stretches every time in the same order. Um, I try to tape up around the same time because I know exactly how long it takes me to tape. I try to time that up. Um, basically, I have an order that I do everything. In. Heck yeah. Stretches, when I put my pants on, and when I, like my riding pants, I yeah. show up in like normal pants. <laughs> but uh, when I put my riding pants on, when I put, uh, when I tie my boots on, that kind of stuff. When I tape, how I tape. Sheesh. What are, what are some of the songs on your 15 list driving you right to a rodeo? Because I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd be blaring some Motley Crue or whatever I Same could get. On that. I'm not much of a walking kind of guy. But like, I'll play, I'll, there's one song by uh, Greta Van Fleet that I'll play. Which one is it? Because I have recently started getting into them. Greta Van Fleet, I like Black Smoke Rising. Okay. I like. I really like that one. I'll yeah. turn that one all the way up. Oh, yeah. But I will listen to 
of Millie, my Lil Wayne. Oh yeah, Gabrielle. heck yeah. Uh, every chance that I get, my DJ Khaled. Jeez. And then um, I'll probably throw in a little Polo G in there too. Okay, okay. Maybe, uh, or not Polo G, it's Rod Wave, mm -hmm. technically. But Richard, and then um, Polo G through the storm. Man, that's impressive. That's really <laughs> impressive. A lot of people don't realize, a lot of radio guys listen to a lot more rap than yeah, people think. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Heck yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with Greta Van Fleet mm -hmm. and Rod Wave in the same playlist. Man, I, I started out. out with Greta Van Fleet, though. That way it's not just... Yeah. You can't, I don't know. It just feels weird. You go from Lil Wayne like Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> so I gotta just kind of get it out of the way. Gotta kind of ease on into there. Yeah, I gotta start somewhere. Heck yeah. Have you ever had any times where you're like, Oh damn! I'm running behind schedule. I got a no, haul ass. Well, once, but even then, I was running late. But I knew when I got there, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have to rush. Cause you knew what you were doing. Well, I knew I I knew people there, mm -hmm. and uh, I had called ahead and I hit traffic. I was like, this is when I'm gonna be here. Uh, run me in the saddlebrook right now. So I knew sure. when I, I knew I wasn't getting there in time to be ready for the bareback riding, uh -huh. but I knew I would be there in time to be ready for saddle Uh-huh. You should have just been like, hey, can't start the rodeo without me. Will, I'm on my way. I would plan, before I even leave my house, I'll like, okay, this is where I'm going to get there. Yeah. And um, I'll give myself time for food, gas, whatever. I usually, when I get on the road, I get on the road, I don't stop until I get mm -hmm. to where I'm going. But um, I'm pretty OCD when it comes to planning and what time we're going to be where. Honestly, that's how I am too. Like, I give myself at least a 15-minute cushion. I say, hey, I got this, this, and this time to be there. If not, at least I got 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll get there. I'll, I'll say, okay, like, I should get there around whatever time. And it'll be, like, within five minutes of what time I say. Mm -hmm. And, like, with myself, it's not that hard because, you know, I just got to take care of myself. Right. But, like with my family and whatnot sometimes back home they'll want to travel with me whatever and i'm like okay like, we're leaving at this time yeah knowing my family i'll tell them okay like we have to leave at two o'clock we are in the car pulling out at two o'clock and like, okay okay blah, blah, blah. knowing well, we're gonna leave at two thirty <laughs> <laughs> right i mean it's just like that with family though yeah. i mean mine is the same way um okay another random question straw or felt season Straw season. Well, uh, I'm gonna say straw season, just because where I'm from, this never gets cold enough to where it felt has. Really? Like here, it never gets cold enough to where it felt has here. Yeah, that's true. You can really wear a straw all the way yeah. till like December and be okay. Like I don't even, I, I don't, I don't even own a felt. Really? No. Man. Well, we gotta fix that. I shape hats. <laughs> I got you, man. But um, yeah. Um. What are some, you know, what are some goals for you in this next year? I mean, like you said, you're coming off of a hip surgery and kind of trying to get that healed up back to start riding. Well, that's kind of a deal. I just got to kind of play that by ear. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, I'm not going to be able to ride bareback horses forever. But I'm going to have to live in his body forever. Yeah. So, there, I know there's other things I can do mm -hmm. to kind of fulfill that uh, competitiveness right. that I have inside me. Uh, you know, whether it's, I don't even know, maybe I join like the checkers team or whatever. <laughs> something, 
some to compete, some where Heck yeah. okay, I can win this. Let me go win it. Right. But um, yeah, you know, right now just kind of trying to get in with some doctors and see what they think and. You know, I don't want to be the dude that's having a hip replacement before he's 25. Mm -hmm. And so that's probably the scariest thing for me. Yeah. Is, you know, I don't do that. So, if, I mean, if it comes down to it where it's like, okay, like you can, you can ride bucking horses, but, you know, you're going to probably be, can't walk by playing your 40s. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm done. Yeah. You know, and it's something a lot of guys, I don't think very many people think about it, like it's easy to say you know oh, like, I want to rodeo until like I'll you hear guys like oh I'll die in that arena like, yeah until it comes time to actually time to make that decision yeah like, that's such a tough decision because I mean you don't know what's going to happen in the next no. 10 years you know you might have family kids exactly. other things that might pique your interest mm -hmm. and I mean you got to take care of yourself at the end of the day um did you play any other sports growing up yeah I played uh I played uh, all the sports in junior high, and then uh, in high school, I just I just played football. And uh, what position do you play? Uh, I tried out for quarterback. Okay. Uh, I was a decent quarterback, but uh, when I got to high school, at the like you know, little schools in Texas, they kind of already have their guys picked out. Yeah. Um, which I was cool with that. I was I understood because a new kid coming in, and the quarterbacks they went with, uh, you know, both their parents like in the. Um, not the school board, but you know, they're in the, the like the booster club and everything, right? And uh, I mean, my dad was a coach as well when I got there, so I mean, I kind of understood the whole deal, whatever, right? Um, the only reason I didn't end up getting to play quarterback was just because I wasn't loud enough, really. Yeah, you gotta scream, man, say it with your chest. You want me to scream, man. <laughs> okay. What position did you end up playing? I ended up playing some receiver, but mostly I was a DB. Nice. So I would just kind of switch back and forth between corner and safety. Cool. I first saw it was a dude. I kind of like yeah. that Didn't go up and hit some people. And, nice. Uh, I mean, I had a couple of different schools I could have gone to to play football. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I mean, know where I wanted to spend right. two or four years. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, kind of to wrap things up, um, where do you hope to see yourself in, like I said, the next five months? You know, what are about three goals you have going into this next season for you? Um, if I if I'm not able to compete, I want to help out with the rodeo team any way I can. And um, you know, we just had our um, our all Aggie rodeo, which is like an alumni kind of deal. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I kind of need to make the decision quickly where I'm going to spend my next two years to get my master's. Right. And, uh, if it's here, one thing I want to do is kind of take that over and um, turn that into a way bigger deal than what it is right now because mm -hmm. it can be really. And um, I think doing that is going to really help me in um, the aspect of <laughs> making me a serious uh, when they take me serious when I apply for this coaching job. Right. Because I, I don't have the experience that probably a lot of these other guys applying for will. Mm -hmm. So I'm um, taking that over, uh, really turning that into something that's really good for the team and the university. Um, kind of just figuring out, you know, I kind of have a general direction where I want to go. Just kind of specifying but, that. Um, yeah, just kind of more narrowing that down. Right. Um, really wanted to grow my business like we talked about earlier with mm -hmm. some different, different things I want to start doing. 
also want to start getting in some real estate kind of stuff. So nice. Maybe doing a little bit of that on the side. Who knows? Yeah, heck yeah. But um, well, right now, just kind of waiting and um, seeing kind of how seeing kind of how the chips fall. Oh yeah. And then going from there. Heck yeah. Well, I mean, any shout outs? Any kind of? I mean. I apologize for that brief interruption. Uh, my laptop died in that last recording. Um, pretty much, he was just shouting out his clothing brand, like we stated, Short Round Outfitters. You can find it on Instagram at Short Round Outfitters. Um, all one word, all lowercase. Um, again, website, shortroundoutfitters.com. Be sure to go give him a shout out. Repost this episode of the podcast if you want. If you really enjoyed it, give me some feedback. Um, and as always, you can find my episodes of this podcast on Instagram or Anchor. The link is in my Instagram bio, so preferably that, at Inley underscore Jackson, all lowercase. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you on the next one.